0: Nerd talk. Dork talk. Real talk. A real opinion about not real stuff. The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. Life is short, so while we're here, let's nerd out. hey hey, how you doing welcome welcome to the kenny ho show with old kenny here and speaking of old kenny have you ever had those moments where you thought about your mortality i don't know about you sometimes when i'm having a slice of pizza i'm like hmm how many years is this taking off my life exactly like "Mm, let's not think about this too much life would be pretty empty without this pizza let's just enjoy but it hit me the other day that I'm hitting number of episodes that are beyond years I want to be living still. Like episode 70? 70, 70 years old? Nah, I better be dead by then. Because at 70, I'm going to start looking my age by then. Like I still get carded when I go buy booze. And being Asian, I'm totally banking on that being the case for the next 15-20 years. But realistically, by 70, age is going to hit me like a sack of bricks. I'm going to be all wrinkly and stuff. And my lack of physical activity now will surely mean by that point I'm gonna need a fake hip or something. So I'm gonna look horrible, feel horrible, and be completely useless. There's days I feel like that now. Those are rough days. Imagine at 70 where every day is like that. No, I think the sadness would be way too much. Could you deal with it? Now, how would you deal with it? Would you, would you turn to recreational drugs or lean on family and be all healthy and stuff? No, I can't even have grandchildren to play with. All right, well, that's not an option for everybody. Not everybody gets to escape the fate of dying alone. I mean, for your sake, I hope you do have a family and is living the dream at that point. But realistically for me, I'd be lucky if I'm not a crazy hobo living in front of the bank. Change for coffee, sir. Nope. I hope I die by 69. Cause 69. inch. Because at least my funeral, the, the eulogy at my funeral, will be full of jokes right itself. You know, my family can get up on stage in front of the five or six people who are probably crashing the thing for the free food. Because yes, at my funeral, there will be a buffet. But yeah, my family will be like, don't be sad if any of you are sad. There's no better age for old Canada to go out. He went out the way he lived his life. And then someone in the crowd might yell out, Alone? Hopefully that'll get some laughs. I'll be okay with that. Eating a whole large pizza by himself? Crying on his guitar? At least then, like, clearly my friends have shown up. Or fans of the show. But then one of my family members would have to be like, no, no, no. Or maybe, yes, yes, he was doing all of those things. But no, he went out the way that he lived his life. As a punchline. Ugh, 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 sad face. Oh, well, let's do this. Hey, did you watch The Prince of Persia? You know, the one where they didn't cast a Persian guy into the lead role of Prince of Persia? The Disney one, the Jerry Bruckheimer one. You mean that really expensive piece of crap? Yes, yes, that one. And if you haven't, keep it that way. There's no reason for you to watch that movie. And if, and if you did, did you pay good money for it? Because I believe you got ripped off. The only reason I checked this movie out is because it's on Netflix now. And before you get any crazy ideas about checking it out, I'm telling you, don't do it. It is a waste of time. And this is coming from someone who has wasted a lot of time in his life. I have spent a lot of hours, days, months, years in front of a TV with a controller hooked up to some kind of Sony product. So clearly, to an extent, I'm okay with wasting time. (laughs) But even I'm telling you, don't waste two hours of your life on this sucker. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not horrible. Like, it's watchable. You want to skip ahead a bunch of times, but you know, for the most part, it's watchable. First of all, this thing is really, really whitewashed. Like, all of the lead characters who are supposed to be Persian royalty are played by white guys. Well, I almost said except for Ben Kingsley, but no, I'm pretty sure Ben Kingsley's white. I mean, to be fair, at this point in the game, I don't really know what he is. Because every time Hollywood needs a role, needs someone to cover a role that's other than a white guy, They've gone to Ben Kingsley. Mmm, let's just call Ben. And I guess the worst part of whitewashing this is having the lead, you know, the Prince of Persia, be a white dude. When honestly, the character wasn't even interesting. The way he was written in this, they could have casted anybody, literally anybody. If their reason was, oh no, we need a proven actor, someone who could carry this film, a bankable star. First of all, Jake Gyllenhaal. To me, that, you know, I don't, I don't think of him as a superstar, And then secondly, there was nothing there to this character. You didn't need a proven actor or whatever. Just go get a talented Persian actor who can smile and be kind of a douche to the princess. That's literally all he had to be able to do. Parkour moves, you can teach a person or hire a stunt double. There was no reason they needed to go down this road. They shot themselves in the foot. Jake Gyllenhaal, he just blended in with everyone else. He was not interesting at all. Like, I think Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer, they were hoping this would be the next Pirates of the Caribbean. But, buddy, not even close. Like, Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, that that's a super interesting character that nobody else could do but Prince Dustane. No, Dustan or whatever his name was. Honestly, if they're going to go down this route where they weren't going to cast a Persian dude, if I lost, like, 30 pounds, I could have done that role. And the rest of the movie, everyone else... Yeah, I I would categorize it the same way. Nothing special. You've seen it before. Like, pretty much everything. I'm not saying everything. There's a couple twists and turns I didn't see coming. But for the most part, all the major plot points, you can see coming a mile away. Like, spoilers. If you plan... Actually, don't plan on watching this movie. Never mind the spoilers. You gotta take my word on this. Pass on this movie. Like, his father, the king, gets murdered. And they pin it on uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the the prince's character. And you're led to believe that his older brother who became king did it. You know, he gets to become king. He has a fall guy for it. But like within two minutes of it happening, you see his brother writing down, I don't know, a letter to somebody or whatever. But he was earnest in it and it served as narration. But at no point did he mention that he was behind it. So you knew he didn't do it. So you're like, all right, then who did? Who has the most to gain? You know, maybe the other brother. But who did he trust? Who did he keep telling the princess that he could trust him, that he could help him? His uncle, Ben Kingsley. You know, they were going for, oh, when this happens, people are going to be shocked. Their hearts are going to break. This guy, this guy's most trusted ally just stabbed him in the back. But you feel none of those things. Because you saw it coming a mile away, and honestly, you don't really care. And then one of the guys that he meets along the way... And you look at it, the prince is being hunted by the entire Persian army, so he's gonna need an army of his own. Where's he gonna get one? The opposite of royalty criminals. Oh, and of course, he's the lucky one. He runs into a criminal with a heart of gold and a wicked sense of humor, likeable character, but you totally saw this coming a mile away that this dude was gonna end up helping him. You've seen it time and time again. And then they kill a lot of the main characters in this movie. And because it's a Disney movie, you kind of figured that weren't going to hold. They weren't going to keep that. And then when you find out the Sands of Time has the ability to jump guys back years and years and years, like, oh, okay, so at some point, when they get to this hourglass full of the Sands of Time, they're going to turn this sucker back far enough that all the main characters are going to be alive. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. Like, this movie, you just... They really wanted it to be a big franchise. Because Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, he only does epic. And they're really hoping this thing would be amazing. But they just kept trying to ram it down your throat. Like, the, right off the top of this movie, you knew it was going to be bad. Because, A, they had narration with British dialogue. Whenever you have an American film doing British dialogue, to me, like, you could tell they're trying to be something they're not. They're trying to be, you know, sophisticated or whatever. And right off the top, they had... Bad British narration. You know, they're talking about Dustan as a boy. they're trying to ram it down our throats that he's some special boy, that he's gonna be a hero. The king saw this boy who was braver than all others. And impressed by his bravery, he took him in as a son. To be a prince. It's like, oh my goodness, don't don't tell me what I'm supposed to feel. Just show me. Just play it. I mean you're doing the scene anyway. Anyway, don't get me wrong. There's a couple things they did do, right? Like right off the top, he scales the wall. If you've seen the movie, you remember that. He scales like in the video game, right? And it was pretty clever because they would shoot arrows into the wall and he would use it like, pegs to climb up. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. They've they've taken something from the video game series and brought it to the big screen in a smart and interesting way. I'm like, great. And moments after that, they talk about how fortified the inside is. And they flash ahead, just like in the video games. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's interesting. That's the way they did it in the video games. But then it all goes downhill from there. The dialogue's bad the central plot, the central motive of Ben Kingsley's character. He saved his brother as a boy from getting mauled by a tiger. And he regrets that because if he had just let him die, he could have been king himself. So he's like, you know what? Let's go back in time and change that moment. Let's murder him now. Pin it on my nephew. And then go look for this mythical, maybe non-existent sands of time. Turn back the clock, even though if it is true and it does exist, those sands of time will lead to the God's fury and kill us all. I'm going to do that, not save my brother, you know, maybe get mauled by the tiger myself and become king. Because clearly that's the best way to do it. It's like, dude, you're willing to kill your brother. You're willing to betray, you know, your nephew that you're super tight with. Like You're down that road. You might as well just slaughter your brothers, slaughter your frigging nephews, and you're the last of the bloodline, your king. That makes a hell of a lot more sense to me than all of the above. That's what we call in the business a plot hole. One you can drive a goddamn truck right through. And speaking of the sands of time, that is easily the coolest feature in this, well, in the games, first of all, but even in this movie. And it happens three times. They totally went down the wrong road with this thing. They made the sands of time. Like I understand within the storyline, it didn't make sense to have tons of sand like that. It was rare and they were hunting for it, but that's not the story they should have told. As I said, it was a stupid plot to begin with. Honestly, it would have been much more fulfilling if they had unlimited amount of sand and go up against some demonic character where where Dustan gets killed a bunch of times, but just before he does, he hits the sand, turns it around. Just honestly, like if you're gonna go up with a bad idea anyway, at least do one where you're where there's a ton of cool action moments. All in all, skip this movie. You know the the dialogue is so bad in this at times. Overall, I would say it's it's not good writing. It's pretty bad writing. It has its moments, but overall, I think I might be a better writer. That's giving you a lot of rope. Like, and this is after they straight up ripped off Kyle Reese. If you remember in the Terminator, that big line there was, There is no destiny, but the one we make for ourselves. And in this one, Dust Dan's like, We make our own destinies. I certainly hope they thank James Cameron in the credits. And they kept referring to destiny. From experience, every movie and show that repeatedly talks about destiny is cheesy and it doesn't work. Actually, the only person who's ever been able to pull it off is Palpatine. Fulfill your destiny. Something, something, dark side. Blah, 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 let's see, Luke. The Kenny Ho Show Episode 70 will cover... Is someone involved with a crappy Dragon Ball Z movie finally admitting that it was crappy? Go-Go Alien Rangers? Has the world gone mad? And is Nintendo planning to go old school with its next generation console? Well, you're gonna have to stick around to find out. Because all that and more is next on the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. Let's go. What is one of the worst translation of anime to live action? From the looks of it, I'd say that title probably needs to go to Dragon Ball Evolution. Wouldn't you agree? A, when you cast some unknown white guy to play Goku, strike one. When you take the beautiful world... That we all grew up on, move it to a current day high school setting, strike two. And when none of the characters look anything like what they're supposed to, strike three, you're out. When you do all those things wrong, you're, you're toast. Like, I am a huge Dragon Ball fan. I didn't even go see that movie. Because I looked at the trailers, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is not the Dragon Ball I grew up with. So I can't personally sit here and tell you that this was the worst movie in the world. But the writer of the movie can. Yes, that's right. Years after the fact, Buddy came out, wrote a public apology to all the fans being like, listen guys, not gonna lie, I totally took the money and ran. He's like, I was just looking for a payday. I had no passion about this. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't care. They hired me. They gave me a big fat paycheck. Of course I was gonna do it. To be fair, I see where he's coming from, but Buddy... If you're going to adapt a beloved series, you got to at least be like, hey, guys, can you give me like two months? I'm going to sit down and watch, if not Dragon Ball, at least Dragon Ball Z, the entire series and be like, oh, okay, so that's what that is. Let me try to, you know, bring bring the essence of it to the big screen. But nope, we got Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, buddy's like, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even have any passion for it. But here's a perfect example of doing something you're not passionate about and just trying to cash in. It's not a good idea. I mean, we all got to do what we got to do. You know, rent doesn't pay itself and groceries are getting more expensive. So, you know, we all have to take on a job here and there where it's like, uh, damn it, I'm doing it strictly for the paycheck. But honestly, it's not a good idea. Like you, you've done it before. You've had a job where you hated, where you're strictly there for the money. At the end of the day, I don't know if it's worth it. Like, I mean, if this guy could land Dragon Ball, he must be a decent writer. Why didn't he try to get things he was actually passionate about, or at least knew what the hell he was talking about? Baffling. But I do hope they give this another go, but with people who should be involved. Get the right producers. Get the right director. Didn't Stephen Chow of Kung Fu Hustle direct this? So that guy, you know, he's a he's a bit of a visionary, but at the same time, I don't think he's right for this property. Now I'm not saying get a Zack Snyder, because... Because he's messed up another beloved property I grew up with. In the sense where he shot the Watchmen, like basically panel for panel. Get someone who's basically going to take Dragon Ball anime and turn it into live action. Cast the right people. Who the hell is this Justin Chatwin guy? He's not Goku. You know, do what they did when they cast Christopher Reeve as Superman. They basically took the comic book and turned it into real life. That's what I want. Anime into real life. And if that happens or when that happens, I suppose, we can all forget this shitty movie ever existed. The Power Rangers. Here's another one of these properties that was close to my heart, something I grew up on. And yet again, Hollywood is trying to rewrite history here. They're trying to fix something that wasn't broken. Like, don't get me wrong. You look back on Power Rangers, it's not the same. You know, the dialogue's kind of cheesy or whatever. But if you think about it, it was a kid's show. They were catering to kids. They had, or at least they figured, they had to talk in a certain way. You know, if they're going to reboot it, I think they should have just really kept tight to that original show. Take what worked, keep it. And then change out, you know, the cheesy kid-centric dialogue You know, take some of the camp out of it. You know, the Balkan Skull, you know, play them a little bit differently. And, you know, instead of having spliced in Japanese footage, no, like, shoot original footage with your new Power Rangers. You know, just sync it all up. Use current-day technology to have amazing Zord battles. I would even keep the Yellow Ranger as the Asian girl and the Black Ranger as the Black dude. But if you look at it, the new Mighty Morphin' Power Rangers movie, they're just really trying to do their own thing. Like, I'm sure you've seen some of the Rita Repulsa stuff laying around. I read somewhere that she may be the new Green Ranger, which please do not do that. It's fine, they've made her more sleek and attractive. Whatever, I can live with that. But have you seen the costume reveal for the Rangers? If you haven't, go on the Kenny Ho Show Facebook page. I have it there. Even leave a leave a comment and tell me what you think. Because what crossed my mind, the first thing that crossed my mind was... W-T-F. What is this? Like the suits look kind of metallic. They got like a big gem on their chest. So kind of, and someone pointed it out on one of the comments, kind of looks like Iron Man, the Red Ranger there. Like the Blue Ranger, you look at him, he looks like Blue Beetle. He looks like a bug. They all kind of look alien-ish. Like as a kid, I love the Alien Rangers. Looking back, I'm like, okay, good concept. They could execute a little bit better. You know, have higher budget costume and makeup but good idea. But that's not what they're doing here, they're redoing Mighty Morphin, so why do they look alien? Is that gonna be the origin of these suits and their power? It comes from a different planet, a different race? Who knows, maybe in time I'll warm up to it. Cause it's just a picture, like I'm assuming in the movie it's probably gonna look different. But as far as first impressions go, this is not a good one. Ah, that's what she said. Has the world gone mad? Do you remember a few weeks ago I did, like, a gag segment where I was, like, running off what, you know, write-ins would look like? I guess people thought writing in was a good idea because I got a few people who actually came to me for advice or, you know, whatever, they're trolling me. That that's, that's possible. I look at some of these questions. I'm like, are you trolling me or what? But, I mean, I guess if you're going to write me, I, I prefer this. I prefer possibly legitimate questions as opposed to Death threats or taking pot shots at me and telling me I'm horrible or whatever. So, you know what? I'm not gonna bite the hand that feeds me. I'll play along. Let's do some hashtag Ask Kenny. First up, dear Kenny, or probably realistically, hmm, dear Kenny, I have a crush on this girl. I've had it for three years. I want to ask her out. How should I do it? Dear listener, I feel like you're trolling me because you're really coming to me for dating advice. Asking me for dating advice is like asking Paris Hilton for acting lessons. But again, all right, let's play along. So, you've liked this girl for three years, yet you haven't asked her out yet. All right, and dear listener, three years, sir. What are you waiting for, man? Like, do you think she's gonna date a bunch of douchebags and then one day realize, you know what, I friend-zoned this dude who would have been perfect for me. And then like she runs to you in the rain and you run to her or whatever. No, bro, that only happens in the movies. In real life, she's going to date a bunch of douchebags. And one day her maternal instincts are going to kick in. She's like, you know what? I need to get married. So she's going to settle down. She's going to find someone she thinks is worth marrying. But it's usually one of the douchebags. You know, whichever one who hasn't died from an STD or something. Or you would wait waited 10 years, and now she's 30, but she's done so much partying and drugs and stuff, and she looks 40? At that point, she's not your dream girl no more, bro, and you can do better. But let's, you know, Well, let's get to your question. Let's take all that out of the equation. Three years, and now you're thinking of making a move. The problem with that is, after three years, like even if she liked you when you first met, after this much time, the spark's probably gone. And she's probably got you penned permanently at this point in the friend zone. Or even worse, the tolerable zone. Which is a zone I'm very familiar with. Which, don't get me wrong, you can still have fun there. Nah, you can't. I'm familiar with that zone. I'm trying to make myself feel better. Which is a skill you might have to learn too. Speaking from experience, because believe it or not, there's girls I've met and have been into. But given a bit of time, that interest goes away. There's actually been a couple over the past two years... Where it's blatantly clear I could date them, but I wasn't interested anymore. So I won one for us men here and reversed the table, friend zoning them. Well, I mean if you if you consider being lonely and stuff winning, then I'm winning and winning in spades. I'm gonna need some tequila later. But if you still wanna do this, alright, here's how you do it. Just go up to her and ask her out. And hopefully she doesn't ask you, sure, who else is coming? If that happens, just, like, make up a bunch of names. Drag a bunch of your friends into this. Back, you know what? Skip that. Skip the misunderstanding. Just cut right to it. Be like, hey, I've known you for a long time. I really like you. Can we go out on a date? And if she doesn't tell you she only thinks of you as a friend, you're in. And if she's attractive and amazing, yet she's into you? A nerd? You go buy her a ring, bud. Because unless you're a douchebag with abs and stuff, they usually aren't second question dear kenny i've been exercising every day but i can't seem to lose weight what am i doing wrong dear listener again really you're coming to me for fitness (laughs) for fitness tips at this point in the game whatever let's let's play along so first of all what is your definition of exercise because like clicking a mouse to order your sim to go lift weights doesn't count believe me i made the same mistake Now let's look at your diet. If you're eating donuts for breakfast, a large pizza for lunch, and a small buffet for dinner, I'm no scientist, but I don't think all that mouse clicking is going to counteract them calories. And finally, dear Kenny, I want to start a podcast. How do I go about that? Dear listener, would you consider yourself to be happy? Would you consider your life to be balanced? Would you say you're fulfilled in life? Cause if you've answered yes to all of these questions you don't need a podcast because podcasting is usually there to fill a hole inside of yourself one that all the video games and booze and tiffany Alvord songs can never fill in not that i know from experience or anything i just hear that's how that works <laughs> now have you heard that nintendo is coming out with yet another home console You know, their Wii couldn't keep up with 360 or PS3, and their Wii U came out a little bit early. It was kind of, it wasn't next-gen, but it wasn't last-gen. It was kind of an in-betweener. But it sounds like Nintendo's about to do it again. They're about to release the NX, which is, from what I understand, not going to be up to PS4 quality. So it makes me wonder why the hell they're doing this. But then there's a rumor that got me real excited. And if you're an old school gamer, it's gonna get you real excited. It sounds like Nintendo might be bringing back cartridge games. What up? No more of this CD, DVD, Blu-ray nonsense. Old school Super Nintendo N64 cartridges. Oh my goodness, I hope this is the case. You know, their manufacturers for their DS cartridges have been looking into more powerful chips. So that's where this rumor's coming from. And I hope it's true. Like when I first made the switch over to CDs for the PlayStation, it was so weird to me. But I mean, after all these years, it's like second nature. But imagine if we can go back to cartridges. A, that's a great sense of nostalgia. And B, it's just badass, man. Cartridge gaming... You know, I guess the kids wouldn't understand it. But, you know, people who grew up in the 90s, that's what gaming was. Cartridges. If it gets dirty, you got to blow on it. You know, it's not, you know, you're not going to struggle to get it out of the case. You're not going to break the damn CD and have to replace it for $90 at this point in the game. You're going to get to play Mario Kart the way you remember playing Mario Kart as a boy or a girl. As a child, I should have just said that. I hope it's true like I don't even care because Blu-rays are 50 gigabytes and they're saying this is max like 32 or so. I don't even care because I already know this NX is not PS4 quality but if they can get it you know slightly better than Wii U a little less than PS4 and put it on cartridges forget about it that's my new system so hopefully this turns out to be more than just a rumor. All right, that's it. That's another episode of the coolest podcast ever. A real opinion about not real stuff, The Kenny Ho Show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk next week. Lindsay Fonseca, I hope you're listening and I hope you're impressed. Toodles.